Welcome to the Legendary Leaders Podcast, Making Legendary Leaders, with your host, Katrina Jameson, where we focus on business, leadership, and life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. We have been talking about learning, creating process flow, SOPs, you know, a lot of different things in our business. Today, I want to focus on onboarding a new leader on your team. All right. Onboarding a new leader. You may not be there yet. Okay. But on the other hand, you may be ready to do that. You may be ready to bring on someone new in your team. And if you are ready or you're getting ready to hit that piece uh, or, or point in time of your business rather, and or maybe you've just recently done it and you just want to validate that you've been doing it the right way because we all like a little validation. Um, let's talk about how you onboard a new leader. So the first thing that you need to do is find the right person. Okay, so it starts even before you put them on your team. You've got to find the right person to join your team. And so there's a couple of things that I recommend that you do. And I'm not going to spend the whole time on this, but it's a few little tidbits. Number one, what are your core values for your company? What are the core values of your company? You need to look for those. You can train skill. Okay, you can teach them that, but you can't teach them how to have core values. That's just inherent to who we are, right? If, if you need someone who has integrity, because integrity is important to me, it's one of my core values, integrity is critical, then you've got to make sure that you're bringing on someone that has integrity. If they don't, they're never going to fit in your organization, okay, and you're going to struggle. So number one, find the right person by looking at core values and then looking to make sure that they are actually interested and excited about the role that you're offering them. So find clarity in what you're asking them to do and present that whenever you're bringing them on board or you're offering them the job or even before that while you're interviewing them. The way that I do interviews is I tell everyone, hey, you're interviewing me as much as I'm interviewing you. This has to be a good fit. This is not only my decision, it's your decision. And so I always want to be very clear about the expectations that I have of the role because if I'm abundantly clear, then you're coming in eyes wide open. And I want nothing but for you to succeed. So my role is to be fully transparent about what I'm looking for so that you can decide if that's something that you want to do and feel as though that's something that you can be successful in. All right. So that's number one, hiring the right person. That's that's what I would call level setting. OK, when you bring them on board you're and you hire them and you get them started their first week, I would do another level set conversation. Hey, excited to have you on the team. Remember, here are the key things that I want you doing. Here's your job description. Please have a job description, okay? It doesn't have to be 10 pages. It can be a one-pager, but please outline for this person what they are expected to do. Everyone wants to wake up and go to work and be successful. Give the person the guardrails for what that looks like. What does success look like in the role that you have placed them in? All right, so that's level set. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to train them. All right. So what does training look like? Well, remember how we talked about creating our process flow map and our SOPs? Da -da -da -da. Here's a great time to share the SOPs. Have them read them, that or them. Right. Maybe you just have a couple. Maybe you have a whole book. I don't know. It depends on the complexity of your business and the role that you've hired for. But go ahead and have them read through the SOPs. You're going to train them on the basics of, you know, where everything is in your office and you know, what computer system you use and what the email functionality is. You're going to get them set up in all the basics of those things. If you offer benefits, if you've got to get them put into payroll, right? 
all of those things you're going to do in the very beginning, and you're going to train them on how to do whatever it is they are going to do through reading SOPs and documents. Maybe you have other employees and they're going to spend time with them. Okay. But I would tell you there has to be part of the training has to be shadowing. All right. Meaning they have to see you if they're going to report to you. All right. And, and for, for the, this discussion's sake, let's assume that they are. All right. If they're going to report to you, you also are going to be primarily the trainer. All right. Now, you're not going to be the trainer 100 percent on, let's say, the culture, because other people that work for you embody the culture, which is critically important, again, as to why you hire for core values. All right. So that everybody will uphold your culture. But you're going to train them on how you want them to do their job. And shadowing is critically important because, number one, they see you doing the job that you want them to do. So they have a great frame of reference for your expectations. They also get to understand all the pieces and parts that go into the role that you want them to play. Okay, if it's certain meetings that you want them to take over, if it's certain conversations or relationships with clients or vendors or whomever that you want them to handle, watching you handle that will teach them how to do it as well. Not only will it teach them what you want them to know how to do, it will teach them how to speak. It will teach them the story of the company. It will teach them how to handle certain scenarios because they've watched you do it. And they will gain confidence in handling it the same way because they know they've seen you handle it in the same way as well. So they've seen you do it. Now they can do it. Right? So shadowing is critically important. Then... After you've gone through that, now I'm compressing this onboarding significantly, okay? If you've got a complex business or the role that you're putting this person into, you're not going to level set the first day, train the second day, shadow the third day, and cut them loose. Typically, an onboarding is, is several weeks, okay? It's at least two weeks. If it's a more complex job, it's more than that, okay? Many times, you know, when, I, when I've hired someone recently, it was, you know, three months of watching, three months of starting to do, okay? So three months of watching and a little bit of doing if they're comfortable with it, but then the next three months is actually, you know, getting their hands dirty, so to speak, and, and starting to take over, right? Some people can do it a little faster. Some people it takes a little bit longer, and it really depends on the complexity of the role and the level of responsibility. You have to decide that, and it goes hand in hand with your judgment and that person's ability and the responsibility that they're going to have, all right? So what's next? After they have been trained... And please make sure they take lots of notes um, so that they can refer back to it, okay? Even on the SOPs, have them jot down little notes, reminders, key, key nuggets for themselves, all right? If, you're, if you see someone and you're training someone and they're not taking notes, you, you got to ask why because most likely they're gonna, you're going to have to come back and train them again and again and again depending upon the complexity of the role, okay? So you're going to train them. They're going to shadow you or whomever they're reporting to for a period of time. And then what you're going to start doing is you're going to start giving them small projects to build their confidence. Now, those small projects, if we stay with that six-month time frame that I just talked about, three months of observing and just a tiny bit of doing and the next three months starting to take things over, in the first three months, it can be tiny little projects. Well, why don't you go ahead and send that email to that person, right? Why don't you go ahead and plan that lunch? Why don't you go ahead and book that trip and then let me know what it looks like? Go ahead and build out that agenda. Let me see it first. I'll be happy to review it with you. You know, go ahead and put that slide deck together for that presentation. Whatever it is, right, I'm giving you a bunch of different examples, but you can, you can pick up by the examples that I'm giving you. It's small. There's, there's no, if they mess it up or they don't hit the mark, 
there's not really a whole lot of error there. There's not a lot of risk, rather. Okay, and that's what those small projects need to be. Minimal risk. Because we need to allow that person to learn. And you can't give them the biggest project in the whole company and expect them to not flub it um, if they just started. Unless they have significant experience and this truly is their expertise and it's the entire reason why you hired them. Okay? Now that's different. But if they're coming on board and they're learning your intention and your culture and the way in which you want things done, they may still be an expert in that field, but they still need to learn it your way, the way you want it to move and go forward and be developed. And so there's still some learning there. Okay? All right. So typically, I recommend small projects first. And that really helps build their confidence. Because when they send that awesome email or they put that agenda together or they put that deck together or whatever it is um, and you review it, or, you know, you don't review it, but you go ahead and let them run with it because, again, minimal risk. And you give them a lot of praise afterwards because they did do a good job. That builds their confidence. Hey, you, know, you did awesome. That was great. I'm super proud of you. you. You delivered on everything we've been talking about. That was perfect. Okay, that's where you want them to be. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't give them any constructive feedback. But ultimately, you're trying to set them up so they're successful. Now, here's the other thing. And you got to keep this in mind. If it doesn't go as planned and the agenda was nowhere close to what you needed it to be, you got to ask yourself, was I clear? That's the first thing you have to ask yourself when you're onboarding a new leader. If they didn't hit the mark and it was a small project, you have to look within yourself first. If you are their onboarding mentor, if you are the person that they are shadowing, if you are the person that was supposed to make it clear as to what was needed and what the expectations were for whatever that was they put together and missed the mark on, you have to look in the mirror and say, was I clear? Did I tell them all the things that needed to be put together to help them be successful? And if the answer is no, if you just let them fly by the seat of their pants and just hope they would figure it out because you didn't have time or you just didn't feel like it or, you know, life happened and you just didn't have a chance to connect with them, whatever the reason is, right? Intentional or unintentional, doesn't matter. The bottom line is that's your failure. That's not their failure. And we as, as leaders and business owners and business you know, operators have to understand those pieces. We have to understand that. Look in the mirror first before we point the finger at someone else who's new and that failed. Now, let's say you were abundantly clear. Let's say that you gave the five key things you wanted in that agenda and you, you confirmed understanding and so on and so forth. And then you didn't go back and check it because you'd had a great conversation. They confirmed understanding. And then the agenda didn't have all the things that you asked for. Okay, then... Let's circle back and find out why they missed the boat, okay? Because there's a breakdown there, and that's what you've got to address really quickly. And one of the reasons why you stay so close to someone who is onboarding and training is not only do you want to see them get up to speed quickly, but you also need to quickly see if they are going to be able to do the job or not. You don't want to drag this out a whole year, okay? Hiring the wrong person is horrible to work through. It just is. You know, we hope that that person will see that they're not a good fit and they will move on on their own. But not a lot of times does that happen, okay? A lot of times we have to continue to show them that they are missing the mark, and we have to work through potentially a disciplinary process. And so we stay close to those individuals because if you've got a 90-day, quote-unquote, probationary period where it, when you bring someone on board, within those first 90 days, you've got to determine if they're going to be the right fit or not. It's the other reason why those small projects have got to fit in, and you've got to be able to assess their ability within those first three months, okay? So gut check in the mirror, was it you or was it them? 
All right. The other thing that you need to do when you're onboarding someone is you need to have daily touch bases with them. Now, don't misunderstand. I am not talking about an hour long conversation with them every single day. Now, if you want to do that and that's what works best and that's how you want to try and go for it, I'm not telling you you can't. But I'm also not saying that you have to do that, you know, for that period of time. As I onboard people and bring them on, I spend, you know, I walk in, check on them or ask them, come, you know, come to me whenever they finish with a meeting or something that they're learning. And I will just simply ask, hey, how's your day been? What have you been working on? What did you learn today? You know, what do you need my help with? Okay, it's it's a regular developmental conversations of checking on them, making sure that they know. And here's the other thing. All right. It's really important about these daily touch bases. You tell them in that level set conversation. Hey, just a heads up. I'm going to check on you every day. And it's not because I don't trust you. It's because I want you to make I want you to know that you're not alone and I'm right here. And I want to make sure that you are confidently moving through and getting the support that you need. And you're going to have questions. You're going to have questions as you go through this process. And I want you to know that I'm here and I'll set aside time to make sure that I get your questions answered. Most of the time, that's a relief. You got to have that conversation so that they don't think you're micromanaging them and doubting them. All right. So daily touch bases. It can be five or 10 minutes. That doesn't have to be anything crazy. OK, but you decide that and just check on that person. All right. And then once they continue to onboard and, and the daily touch bases are good and there's not really a whole lot of questions coming at you at a certain point, and you'll know when that is, then you move to weekly touch bases. OK, and I would make those an hour. And then typically what needs to happen is if it's not an urgent question, something that needs to happen and have answered today because it impacts the business today. It's just like, a, mm, you know, I was kind of wondering, why do we do this? Or, hey, can you tell me more about that? If it can wait, you know, from week to week then those are the questions that wait. And that's when you tackle those on the touch base. Okay. And, and so those are the key things. That's how I would tell you to, to onboard someone. It's level setting, training, shadowing, giving small projects to build their confidence and allow you to see their capability in your organization, daily touch bases, moving to weekly touch bases. And then you're going to slowly hand over more and more responsibility as that person continues to step up and develop. Okay. And so that's how I typically onboard a new leader. And so it's an easy framework to follow. The key thing is that it's, it's helpful if you do have a framework. So just make sure you have one, make sure you're consistent and make sure it's, it's a process that truly sets the person up to be successful in your organization. Thanks.